Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here we go. Spotlight. All on college basketball. It is that time. Hello, everybody. Great to speak. Great to be speaking with you. Hope you're doing fantastically. I know I am. Pigskin is in the past, which means it's all time for that round ball rock at the collegiate level. Hope everyone's Feeling fine as wine here on this Friday, at least as I record on this Friday, February 18th. It is the first week post-football. Hopefully you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Maybe you won some money. Maybe you didn't, if that's your style. Maybe you bet your life savings on the coin flip on that 50-50 split. How about that stat, by the way? It's now eight straight teams to win the coin flip but lose the Super Bowl. I actually found that to be quite mind-blowing because, in in essence, you should be having a strategic advantage, right, when you win that coin flip. You're choosing when you want the ball first or second. Regardless, regardless. Uh, Congratulations to that faction of fans who are excited about their team winning. Thank you. But with the Super Bowl and with football being all finished and with no baseball on the horizon, thanks to those in charge, that means college basketball really has a spotlight all to its own right now which could be both a positive and a negative if you think about it. I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Yes, the NBA and NHL are happening, but I mentioned it a couple times the last couple weeks. Once that football season finishes, it is that direct line right to March Madness, and we are in the midst of it. This is the best time of the year. This is really, especially for Kansas fans and for people who pay attention to college basketball, year-round certainly, but certainly, I should say certainly one more time, (laughs) but definitely all the way from November, all the way through the end of the year, this is when the going gets good. So congratulations to all of you is what I'm trying to say. Uh, My name is Jonas Nordman. You are listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast home for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. I'm going to take sort of a national perspective, if you will, because we have hit, well, the clock struck midnight on the NFL, which means a new lease of life is just starting up for college basketball. And why do I say that, you know, it could be good or bad that the spotlight really is on college basketball now? Well, It's kind of a weird year without de facto faces and teams to look at. It's sort of a a morphing blob of a season. Yes, Gonzaga's probably the number one team of the nation, but Auburn's been there. Auburn basketball doesn't move the needle. Duke's okay. We've got this really unfortunate Coach K farewell tour that I'm going to get to in just a moment, and their team's kind of whatever. I mean, they're good, but they're not really – handling business in a really weak ACC. Kansas is good, obviously. 
uh, number six team in the nation, playing in the toughest conference in all of America. But, you know, you watch them and you, you, they kind of leave a little bit to be desired. And the players, what's the face that you're tuning in for for college basketball? On a national perspective, right? Kansas fans, we're going to beat down the door and be like, oh, Chayabaji, player of the year. This is the man. This is the year. The rest of the nation, Ochai Abaji doesn't move the needle. I'm sorry. He doesn't. Chet Holmgren at Gonzaga, not really boring. Has a game that sort of is exciting in its nuance. Oscar Shibwe, yeah. Guy rebounds the ball really great. But he's not going to make you tune in to an Oscar Shibwe Kentucky game. You're going to tune in to watch Kentucky. And, oh, this other guy, their center is really good. Johnny Davis, how many of the people listening to this podcast right now know what team Johnny Davis plays for? Bland name, fun game, but that is the go-to score for the Wisconsin Badgers. So there you go. Yeah, so it's that kind of year for college basketball, and maybe as we head towards March Madness, these names and teams and characters will really start to pick up traction. Because I was thinking, who is the favorite for the Wooden Award right now? I really didn't know. I was like, is it Jaden Ivey from Purdue? Well, the odds provided by DraftKings actually has him at about sixth favorite. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, sixth favorite. And they actually have Oscar Shibwe from Kentucky, the big man, as the odds-on favorite to win the Wooden Award. If you're wondering, Ochayabaji, third favorite, according to DraftKings. Number two, sandwiched between Abaji and Shibwe is Kofi Coburn from Illinois. So, yeah, that's your Wooden Award odds-on favorites, a rebounding behemoth for Kentucky. Weird year, I think. And I think we're going to have a really crazy March Madness. I really do. Because let's get right into it. National perspective, look, Kansas Beat the stuffing out of Oklahoma State. 76-62, Kansas is playing pretty well. Heading into a really tough road trip tomorrow, 8 Eastern at West Virginia. But that's also a team that Kansas annihilated 85-59 to a couple weeks ago. Yes, things change when you have to travel to Morgantown. You know, you have to make your way through those coal mines to get to the arena. (laughs) Not actually, but in theory, in spirit. So as we sit here, the first weekend of college basketball without the NFL, here are your AP rankings. Number one, Gonzaga. They're doing their thing in the WCC, beating up on just some truly terrible teams. Yes, they have a few ranked teams, BYU, St. Mary's. But here's what, here's what I contend about the WCC and Gonzaga. They don't even have to bother trying when they face Pepperdine. And Pacific. So, yeah, they can get geared up for St. Mary's, and they are more talented. And Gonzaga is a very good team, but I don't respect their conference play. But they're number one. Auburn, number two. Arizona, a team I don't really believe in, to be honest. Sitting there at number three, uh, their head coach, Tommy Lloyd, former assistant under Mark Few at Gonzaga for years. So, a lot of Zag flavor in the top four. And then there is Kentucky at number four. Purdue, 
a team that a lot of people love, say they are very deep, have a lot of talent. Every time I watch them, they're like, okay, whatever. Jaden Ivey is fun. I, I like Jaden Ivey a lot. They're sitting there at number five and then Kansas at number six. Baylor and then Providence. How about the Friars coming in at number eight? Then Duke and Villanova is your top 10. For you Big 12 lovers out there, Texas Tech is in there at number 11. Probably will move up next week after they took down Baylor the other night. So there's your national perspective. There's sort of your idea of the top teams, if you will, in the nation. But, you know, you you look down the rankings and look who's lurking in the mid-teens. You know, UCLA and Houston, 13 and number 14. Those are two Final Four teams from last year, and UCLA has been a top five team for most of the year before stumbling a bit here in Pac-12 play, which is embarrassing unto its own. A team in Texas maybe rounding into form, right? Lurking at number 20. You can't spell March without Izzo. Actually, you can, but you get where I'm going. Michigan State's in there at number 19. So the depth is in the rankings for sure. If you were to say, are you going to pick Gonzaga? Are you going to pick the field? I'd probably pick the field. In terms of news that relates to Kansas nationally, you may or may not have seen it. But Kansas now has a two-game lead in the Big 12 after Texas Tech beat Baylor. And one of Baylor's biggest issues this year has been their health. We talked about it before the game a couple weeks ago as part of our preview. And the news continues to kind of worsen for Baylor. No, this is not their best player in the world. But this is a glue guy, and this is an important piece of a team that won a national championship last year and was going to be another vital cog in Scott Drew's bear machine moving forward this season. But every day, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua had to get knee surgery and is now out for the season. Meaning that that tandem or that rotating door at the five position for Baylor just lost some depth. Flo Thamba, everyday John, that was an athletic, lengthy, tough combo that you had to deal with with Baylor. And now you get a few fouls on Flo Thamba. Things start to get a little bit tricky for Baylor. That's what just like Chamo Chachua. Yes, as a name, but he's a guy who leaves it all on the court. He has heart. I think you've probably heard the story by now coming from a different continent to come play basketball here. And the guy plays like there's no tomorrow. So uh, best of luck to Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. That's a huge blow for Baylor, a team whose health issues just can't get out of the way of their team success. I think that's a huge piece of news. Again, doesn't catch any news nationally, but Baylor losing everyday John, that's going to make, that's going to be a big deal. But of course, the story that just really won't go away from this season and sort of hovers over college basketball from 2021 slash 2022, just hovering here like an ever-present fog, perhaps like up in Seattle or something like that. A dour note to what should be joy for all of us in college basketball is the Coach K farewell tour. Ugh. Now, let me preface what I'm going to say by saying I hope Coach K is feeling 
fine. I wish no ill will physically to him. Only professionally. (laughs) So on the same day, February 15th, an article comes out previewing a book that's going to also come out in the future about Mike Krzyzewski saying the school wanted to hire Tommy Amaker, former Duke player, former Duke assistant, head coach at Michigan, current head coach at Harvard, some small commuter school out in the Northeast. May have heard of it. The school did their own research after they learned that Coach K was going to come back, but Mike Krzyzewski pushed and essentially put his foot down and said, no, my associate head coach and the guy I'm grooming but doesn't have as much head coaching experience, John Shire, this is going to be your guy. So a little controversy. School wants one thing. Coach K wants another. Coach K gets what he wants. John Shire is going to be the next head coach. So this article comes out, this blurb comes out. And the very same day, Duke is taking on Wake Forest. Duke builds, I think, something like a 15 to 19 point lead at the half. And then the reports are Coach K is feeling ill. We've seen him. We'll call it quit on his team before. But again, the reports are he wasn't feeling great. But I just think the symmetry is a little odd. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. The exact same day, all this brouhaha about who Duke should turn to next, it's going to be John Shire. Coach K steps aside at halftime, and John Shire takes the reins and leads the team from the entire second half. It smells a little fishy to me. Like, here he is. This is the head coach. This is my guy. Look at him go. And we watched him go and almost blow that lead. In fact, Wake Forest tied up that game. Duke needed a last-second putback to take the lead, and Wake Forest almost had a full-court heave rattle out to beat Duke on their home court. Wake Forest, right? I'm getting Wake Forest in West Virginia jumbled in my mind. All those W words. So, yeah, here's your hand-picked successor. Couldn't hold on to a double-digit lead in the second half. Smooth move, Mike. And this is the kind of stuff that, again, is just enveloping the season. And it's unfortunate. I thought that was that was odd. Again, best wishes to Coach K. We want to see you finish out your year so we can see you losing the first round, hopefully. But hopefully your health is okay. We'll see if he's coaching tomorrow, right? (laughs) But the very same day where it's like a little bit of controversy, Tommy Amaker versus John Shire. Coach K doesn't come back out for the second half. Here's John Shire. He's doing it. This is your head coach next year. And didn't go great. (laughs) I thought I thought it was calculated. It felt very calculated to me. Anyways, you listen to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, the Believe Podcast Network. If you want to get at me and tell me, how dare I not respect an old, respected member of the college basketball, Mount Rushmore? 
Get at me on Twitter at Jonasty90 and Instagram at JonasN310. So where does that leave the Kansas Jayhawks? That's sort of the national perspective, right? We know how I feel. I talk about it weekly. I think this is a good team. I think this is a team that is great in stretches. I think this is a team that sometimes, much like an ostrich, then puts its head in the sand and doesn't come out for a while in the very middle of games. But then they'll put together performances like what they did against Baylor, like what they did against Missouri, certainly, right? Like what they did against West Virginia way back when. And so when this team plays with spirit and vigor and energy, they're tough to stop. What do I think will be the uh, potential pitfalls for Kansas come March? I think a long, athletic, powerful rebounding team, think Kentucky, Oscar Sheboy, will give Kansas fits. Now, if they gang rebound, Christian Brown, best rebounding guard I, I think I've ever seen, certainly at Kansas. If Abaji gets in there and uses his athleticism, if Jalen Wilson sticks his nose in there and they rebound as a group, then I think they'll have a better opportunity to hold their own on the boards. That's like what we saw against West Virginia in the first matchup, which I'll kind of get to. Sorry, no. That was a game in which David McCormack held his own rebounding. I mean the game against Baylor. Team rebounding. When Chachua was playing as well as Flo Thamba. So elite athleticism and a team that could blow Kansas up offensively without really having a distinct defensive identity, just being better athletes. Because at the end of the day, Remy Martin's a zero factor now. His knee injury is not seemingly getting better. Hopefully he's back by March. But look, I'm talking to you right now on February 18th. We're essentially a month away from March Madness. So even if he comes back, say, for the games next week, He's going to need time to round into form. He still has no idea how to play within this group. And it's still going to be fitting a square peg into a round hole. Is that what you really want come March Madness? Not really. You want things to be smooth. You want to know what you have to do. So because of that, you don't really have a guy who can take a defender off the dribble and get into the lane. It is what it is. And it's, it's been an unfortunate, unfortunate development this year. So there we go. It's going to be fun. Well, it's going to take years off of my heart, but March Madness is going to be really fun. It's, you know, you hear this every single year, but I think more than ever, I think this year is going to come down and is going to be predicated off of matchups, right? Who are you scheduled to play? Who are you going to go up against? I mean, it's a matchup-based tournament, and more so than ever, it's going to depend on who you're playing. Look at Gonzaga. I was reading an article today about how teams from last year's Final Four have changed coming into this year. In Gonzaga, you know, think of the team they had last year. Corey Kispert, Joel Ayayi, Jalen Suggs, who was a top-five draft pick, and Drew Timmy. Leave Timmy out. It was the explosive guards, right? It was a balanced attack. 
this year with Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Yes, they have very good guards, but if point guard Andrew Nemhard is having an off night, it's all in Holmgren. It's all on Timmy. And even when Nemhard's having a good game, it's still basically all Timmy and all Holmgren. So a team with really good big man play and maybe a stretch four that can go with Chet Holmgren to the three-point line, that's a team that can neutralize Gonzaga. So it's going to be all about matchups. Say like in Illinois, right, with Kofi Coburn, who's going to dominate on the interior. So buckle up. That's what I'm saying. Kansas versus West Virginia tomorrow. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Of course, Kansas coming off of a win against West Virginia weeks ago where they beat them down 85-59. to By the way, is TCU in this conference? One of these days, Kansas is going to play TCU. <laughs> when do they play TCU? They will play them, good Lord, back-to-back on March 1st and then March 3rd. It's West Virginia, quickly followed by a hosting matchup against Kansas State. And if you're wondering, one week from tomorrow, it's the rematch down in Waco. But first, we can focus on what's in the future. The players need to look at what's in front of them. And what's in front of them is a team and a player in Sean McNeil that you basically have to worry about. Right? That's the guy who went off last year. Decent three-point shooter. They did a good job of holding him to only one made three in the first matchup. I think that'll be huge. Essentially, West Virginia got nothing off of their bench, save Malik Curry, who in 25 minutes scored 23 points. That was their leading score off of the bench for West Virginia. Of course, there's Taz Sherman, but the key to that game was the dynamic duo of Jalen Wilson and David McCormack. 23 points for Wilson, 19 for Dave, and is the rebounding. 15 rebounds for Big Dave, 10 of which were offensive rebounds. If he brings that kind of performance every game, yeah, this is going to be a dangerous Kansas group. So, with that said, Kansas is the favorite, but it's always very tough going to Morgantown, like I said. But... As it stands right now, West Virginia is the last place team in the Big 12. So these are games that Kansas needs to win, whether it be pretty or not. I will sit back and I will say, I don't care about the style points in this one. When it's Bill Self and Bob Huggins and that rowdy, rowdy crowd out in Morgantown, you take the wins as you can get them. I will lay off on style points for this ballgame. Anywho. Enjoy your President's Day weekend, everybody. If you have something planned, if it's a little chilly where you're at, you know, maybe break out the sleds, the snowboards, the skis, whatever you do. Stay safe. Enjoy your day off should you have it. I will speak with you next week ahead of, yes, the next Baylor matchup. I guess I should throw in a quick little K-State preview. Maybe a little effort, much like the second half down in Manhattan. Should be able to take care of business at the field house. There you go. Uh, apart from that, have a great weekend. Like I said, stay safe. Enjoy yourself. Rate, like, subscribe, whatever the safe podcast. But as always, Rock John.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.